ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local women, local now. Member FDIC. It is Tuesday, March 2nd, and your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw, hard seltzer, it's made pure. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you joining us this afternoon. There are some uh, breaking news of sorts earlier this afternoon. We found out that Marshall's baseball matchup with West Virginia that was set for next Tuesday on the 9th, postponed due to West Virginia University's baseball program entering a pause in all activities. The pause is in response to West Virginia just not being on. You just can't meet the uh, required COVID-19 thresholds. These are some... Numbers, protocols, everything that's been established by the Big 12 Conference. So uh, the two schools are trying to work it out, try to figure out maybe a, a makeup date. But that would have been a disappointing. Uh, if they can get, get that in, that would be pretty disappointing. Uh, baseball, they seem to get along. The two programs seem to get along. Uh, they like playing each other. So uh, it's a, that's a shame that one's not happening. Also, the uh, Marshall men's soccer team. Uh, on the road this afternoon, taking on the Akron Zips. Uh, I don't think we'll have a final score for you before we uh, say goodnight to you, but if uh, we do get one, we will definitely pass it along to you. And, of course, uh, we're going to hear from Dan D'Antoni a little bit later on the program. We'll take your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. You want to be a part of this one this afternoon. But uh, getting set for, we've got... Charlotte coming up for the Thundering Herd. It's going to be Friday and Saturday. Opportunity for the Herd to finish a little bit closer to the top. If that's the case, Marshall is not going to have to uh, deal with uh, playing earlier in the tournament. You don't want to play. The thing is about the tournament, I guess you don't want to play as many games as uh, other teams. You want to have maybe the, the fewest games. Is that the feel, at least for the conference tournaments, that you have to play the, the fewest games possible to to really get a feel for, okay, stay rested, want to be able to scout the opponent a little bit. I mean, I don't know what the philosophy here. Some teams just want to play, and some schools, you know, they have no choice. Uh, they're seated so low. Everybody gets in to the tournament, so that's, that's the one saving grace for a lot of schools. But uh, it's going to be locked down this year. Tournament's going to be locked down. Then, of course, we got the NCAA tournament. We're going to find out all of that following the conference tournament. We'll get all of that. And then we'll get the NIT. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. It's going to be in the it's going to be in Texas, and North Texas is going to be a host institution. Not everything's going to be on the campus, but it's going to be in the vicinity. So North Texas will play host to the NIT which I'm still scratching my head over. Why are we doing this? Why are we? It's a made-for-TV event. ESPN needs programming. So we're coming up with 16 teams. There's not going to be any automatic qualifiers. There's not going to be those small schools that maybe won their conference tournament and didn't quite, well, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be. 
if you win your regular season, usually you would be guaranteed at least the NIT. Right? It was a nice little consolation prize. Look, I come from a I come from a smaller conference here. I'm playing at, I'm playing at a small school here, small conference. And the only way to the NCAA tournament is the tournament, the conference tournament. So we're having the NIT this year, 16 teams at large bids. So, I mean, theoretically, somebody might want to offer Kentucky a bid. As mediocre as their season's been, if they don't win the SEC tournament, I don't believe they're going to see an at-large bid. Maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe they'll make a run in the tournament and somebody will say, look, you know, they did pretty good. Let's get them in the tournament. However, if you you win your regular season tournament, you don't have to worry about at least a postseason bid. Now, well, the school that maybe won the regular season conference schedule, you're, you're out. Unless you win your tournament. Uh, I know. It's basketball. It's going to be on ESPN. I'm just wondering, why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? I'm not against extra games. I'm not against it. It's just, what's the point? I like the NIT. I like the preseason NIT. I was always a fan of that one. Because you got some bigger matchups, some more exciting matchups. The season was new. You come into the postseason. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. How many people are talking about the NIT? Unless your school is in the NIT, how many people are talking about the NIT? Now, it's an opportunity for kids to go play. I get it. I understand that. But really, I'm almost of the mindset that less is more when it comes to these postseason tournaments. Not because don't want to deny kids opportunities, just it should mean more. Postseason should mean something. If you get into the NCAA tournament, it means something. You got there. And, of course, the NIT, its claim to fame was there are some teams that got shut out, got left out of the tournament, and so these teams are going to make an argument that they belonged and they're going to go and win this thing. Got 68 teams going in now. So, you know, hey, we're number 69. That was usually the cheer, right? Number 69. But... That was some of the charm here. That charm's gone now. It's just going to be 16 at-large teams. It's going to be middle-of-the-road, middle-pack schools here from probably the major conferences, the larger conferences. You're going to see those schools get scooped up. Why? Because there's going to be a television appeal to this. Honestly, that's what this thing is going to be about. It's going to be about television. It's not going to be about Okay, which teams are really the best 16 teams left in the country that maybe should have got in the tournament that didn't? No, you're probably going to look at these uh, and go, okay, this is a made-for-television event here, and that's fine. I just don't see the appeal. I liked it, though. If, if we're talking about schools that won the regular season tournament, I'm sorry, regular season, just win your regular season. You won that. You're the regular season conference champ. Okay, you don't win your tournament. You don't get the automatic bid. But, hey, there was a place for you. Sort of like, okay, it didn't quite go your way, but you still have an opportunity to play some ball. And that's where we stand with that. we got a lot more to get into uh, today. It's a, it's a Tuesday here. Um, 
We're sort of ramping back up to get into basketball this week. We'll talk to you about that coming up. Uh, Dan D'Antoni, we're going to hear his thoughts um, on the call with him today for, like I think, 19, 20 minutes. We're not going to hear all of that today. But we will hear Dan D'Antoni when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We'll get your phone calls in later on at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have a chance to sit in on a couple of Zooms. Uh, we'll hear from Tony Kemper later this week. I've got his Zoom. Uh, they're going to be in action sooner than later. And, of course, then the men are going to be playing on Friday. So I had a chance to sit in on Dan and Tony's Zoom from earlier today. And let's get his thoughts on the upcoming opponent as we get closer to wrapping up the regular season. Charlotte, the next opponent before the Conference USA tournament. I don't know what's going on there, you know. Uh... Of course, you know, that was the last two or three weeks. They could start tomorrow. So you never know when that stops and starts. So good ball club. They uh, run the Princeton offense and uh, a lot of cuts and back cuts and deep in the shot clock. So you got to you got to defend all 30 seconds. Um, got some shooters on the outside. Got the center like the center we played against uh, North Texas, that type of center. Big body, not a lot of lift, but big body, and he gets down inside and worms around, finds an angle, get a ball up there. Uh, so a lot like, really, a lot like um, uh, North Texas in the way they're built, type of players they have. Uh, they're a little bit more uh, structured into the Princeton offense. Uh, and then uh, uh, defensively, they uh, the center engages the pick and rolls. And so we'll just have to play hard and see what happens. Hey, Dan, watching Andrew do what he did, and you knew, you knew this already, but uh, his ability to play the point or the two and, and Jared the same way, does that kind of give you a little more variation in what you want to do offensively? Well, you can put Tavion in on that too because he, he can run it too, so. You know, you can only have so many, but all three of those were point guards in high school. And, uh, you know, it shows you their uh, versatility, all of them. Uh, they can be spot-up guys, two guards or point guards. And Tavion can be, be a four. Tavion can take it four positions. So, uh, you know, yeah, that, I, I like to recruit that way. It's not – that just didn't happen by happenstance. I like that type of player. And I think they play well together. Uh, so uh, probably in the future, as long as I'm coach, you'll probably see uh, three type of guys who can shoot it, score, but run pick and roll duties too, and run point guard duties. So uh, we'll, we'll try to keep it that way. I think when you do that with the type of offense, the open offense that we play, it's uh, beneficial. And for you, I know that the injury bug has been 
one, especially over the last week, week and a half. But does is it sort of a tribute to your team, though, the depth that you've got? Because you're plugging guys in and, and where everybody's sort of, uh, you know, able to, to run their role and continue things. It, it seems like, you know, you all are still able to maintain pretty well, even without the Jareds or, or some guys that are banged up. Well, we play uh, uh, a positionless offense almost. It's got a little bit of structure for the bigs as opposed to the three perimeters. But even the, uh, the smaller big or the one playing traditionally called a four, uh, he, uh, he plays out there too. And you can kind of go back and forth with who, whoever you want because they do the same things. Uh, they pick a little bit more from the four than they do from a three, one or two. But Tavion will pick from a three. So, you know, our offense is set to where it kind of flows, and we do it every day. If you come to practice and watch, uh, we do it, call it the extra ball, where we'll throw, we'll run a play, and then we'll just throw a ball at anybody that's on the floor, and they have to keep playing. They can't try to take a one-on-one. They have to keep playing with their teammates. So they learn how to always use each other to get each other open, and it doesn't become a one-man show. Uh, I, we started doing that, and uh, Mike, when we went to uh, left Phoenix, we didn't have to do it in Phoenix because you have Steve Nash. When we got to New York, we had to train some little Steve Nashes and, and train people into the position, and we weren't as dominant with the point guard, so we, I worked out for some reason. I don't know why I threw the extra ball in, and we just started moving. And when we did that, that really improved uh, our offense because – 70, 80% of the time, the play you draw up doesn't work. And it's always a secondary play that scores. And if you uh, work on the secondary, you know, a lot, a lot of, I did, and probably a lot of coaches will get in practice and they'll work the play. And at the terminus of the play, if it doesn't score, it's almost like players go, what next? You know, and they usually go one-on-one. And uh, we, I think we've done, uh, uh, we do it a little different in that every day we get to the end, we'll shoot it in practice because we're no defense, run our play, shoot the play or shot from the play. And then as soon as it goes up, another ball comes in to any one of the others that are standing out there and they have to start playing from there. So they learn to get the ball and move it to the next guy without uh, at first just holding it going, oh my, play didn't work. I got to take this guy. So, uh, so I, I guess to answer your question is, is that our players can play all positions. Our, our bigs play. They know when to come up and pick. They also can do the other two because Michael Byers can run a pick and roll, and we do it at times. So, and he's a five four. You know, that's by design. Look at Jameer Young, and he's a guy that you know. Um, his numbers haven't been great during their losing streak. And that that's pretty much, uh, you know, been the hindrance for Charlotte. But you also know he's a guy that can go off for 25 to 30 at any point. What do you all, especially if Jared, you know, is, is a little bit banged up, how do you all go about making sure that he doesn't get comfortable in, in Huntington? Well, you know, you just play as hard as you can. Make it as hard as you can on him. There's no... You know, they're no special. We, we run our defense. It's force you to the sideline, force you down the baseline, 
bring the other three over or two into almost a zone, play the backside in a zone, play out of that. And we'll practice that and practice that, practice that. And they can put, what's that kid's name again? Uh, Jameer Young. Yeah, they can put Jameer Young in it or you can have uh, LeBron James. Won't make any difference. We're going to play it that way, you know, and try to make I've, – I've over the years found that trying to adjust to every team you play normally means you don't ever get as good as you should be. So I, I try to uh, perfect what we do, stay at it. Now, we're aware of what the other players – they know which ones can shoot and they'll close faster or they won't close us uh, all the way. We know that. But still, the structure is the same. We may tweak uh, individually as to uh, whether we really close hard, force the dribble, back off a little bit, go under a pick instead of go over. Those are things that we, you know, scout and look at and decide, go under, go over, where, when, stuff like that. But the structure of the uh, defense stays the same. Force some sideline, force some baseline, double double anything that drives baseline with our big, and then coming in and getting in behind it because the dump-off guy is the one's dangerous when you force some baseline. So the dump-off guy, when he goes, we make sure our bottom guy on the weak side gets over and covers that. Then the other two, one gets at the nail, one gets in the slot. When it comes out, if it's below the foul line, the slot gets it. If it's above the foul line, the nail gets it. And we just do it and do it and do it until they get it down. Now, this team runs Princeton offense, which really kind of hurt us a little bit this last game. If you remember, what's the little point guard for North Texas? Hit that three where they came down and kind of circled the, the two on the side. And Andy was staying too far away from it. We're going to do the same thing, which is if, if, the, if the offensive guy's coming from the top down, you stay on top. If the bottom is coming up, you stay on the bottom. So no matter what they do, the guy coming from the base baseline, guy drops low, guy coming up from the top down toward the baseline stays high. They can do all they want to. We're staying right there. When they come out of it, anybody goes to the basket, the bottom one's got. Anybody pops, the top one's got. Andy got uh, – a little bit too far off and he bumped into their center, couldn't get out to that guy's. So all we got to do is make sure when they do that, which is what Charlotte does a lot, is get Andy to move toward the sideline, toward the guy a little bit. I think he'll take care of it. If not, you know, I screwed up again. We'll see. Well, let's hope Dan doesn't screw up again. We'll be finding out about what happens uh, in a few hours on Friday after we go on the air. We will hit the airwaves with college basketball today. Then we got the game itself. And then coming on after the game will be our post-game coverage. We'll take your phone calls, and you can be a part of our discussion about what happened. It's all coming up on Friday and Saturday right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Uh, we've got some more things to get into with you, so we'll do that herd football among those things when we continue with today's edition of The Drive. It's ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. One score update to give you. It's in the second, and Marshall and Akron 
tied at one apiece with about 29 minutes left on the clock. The Marshall Soccer, of course, that's on ESPN Plus right now. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Of course, Thundering Herd on the road for the first time against Akron. Hopefully we'll have a final before it's all said and done. Thundering Herd coming into this match 3-0-1. The Zips are uh, just getting started 0-0-1. Marshall Volleyball did not have the weekend it would have liked, but there's some good news today for the program. Redshirt senior Sierra DeBell, she was named as one of the 30 top NCAA volleyball student athletes for her accomplishments on and off the court as a candidate for the Senior Class Award. CLASS is the acronym standing for Celebrating Loyalty and Achievement for Staying in School. For a player to be eligible for the award, they must be classified as an NCAA Division I senior and have notable achievements in four areas of excellence, community, classroom, character, and competition. Of course, she's been a standout for the Thundering Herd in all those categories, so congratulations to her. We had Pirates baseball earlier this afternoon. I don't know if you knew that. I don't like, I don't like how these spring games are going. For me, I like, give me a full game. I don't like this. Okay, you know what? Five innings were good. Let's uh, Six innings were good. No, I like a full game. An actual... All right, let's go out to the ballpark and, and watch. Now, I understand this is a different situation here, but I hope this doesn't carry over because I'm going to the ballpark. I want to see even spring training. There are people who like spring training games. Yes, you're going to see some talent out there that might make the roster. You're going to see some players that are no business on that spring training roster. That's what this is about, but this is practice. I know this is training, spring training. It's practice, but still. Yeah, this thing is called after five. The Pirates got beat up 6-1. We'll have more Pirates action for you coming up later this week. And, of course, when the regular season begins, you can catch all the Pirates action on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. But I, I don't like changing of the rules. Play a full game. Play a full game or shorten it to a standard shortened game. If you want to do it that way, don't give me this, okay, you know, we're good. I think, yeah, we're good. Got everything we need out of this. No. Set it at a certain length as far as innings played and and go. That's what you got to work with. If you don't want to do nine, do eight. You don't want to do eight, do seven, do six. Give me six at least. I think so. I think that's what they should be doing. That's, of course, my take, my opinion, completely here. Uh, also, uh, on the hockey side of things, Sidney Crosby, for you Penguin fans, going to be placed in the NHL COVID-19 protocol and not going to play for the Penguins against the Flyers tonight. The Penguins canceled their morning skate today because of protocol. So no Sidney Crosby. That bodes well for me in fantasy hockey because I hope that – I hope Malkin gets a little bit more of that action. I'm just saying. I'm looking out for me here. Also, um, 
Marshall picking up some some definite help. Team's getting better. On the football side of things, former Vanderbilt wide receiver Jaden Harrison making it known he's committed to the Thundering Herd. He's 5'10", he's a 191-pounder. High school ball in Nashville, uh, Pearl Hawn High School. All indications, should have three years left of eligibility. So he's uh, coming uh, out of Vanderbilt there. So Thundering Herd picking up some more to hopefully help enhance what Coach Huff is trying to put together. Once we get a final roster, it's going to be different. Again, until a, until an official roster is issued, everything, as far as I'm concerned, is we'll see. We shall see. But Thundering Herd trying to get better. And, of course, uh, the good news is we've got several months to go until actual game time. And so uh, it's still a honeymoon phase right now between Marshall, the community, and Coach Huff. So far, it's a match made in heaven. We'll see how that goes. I'll see what that looks like here in a few weeks because, honestly, it's tough being the head coach of the Thundering Herd. It really is. That's a tough job. So many expectations. So many people expecting a lot of things out of that position here. And it's okay. It's, it's Coaches that take that job on, they welcome it. They probably relish the challenge as well. So, so far, so good, though. But I'll tell you. Again, we talked about this. Coach on social media is really, he's hitting it out of there. I mean, I think that's what fans love right now. In fact, he's on social media doing what he does. I haven't checked Twitter in like the last five, ten minutes to see what Coach Huff is doing. Let's do that right now. That was going to be a thing we did on the show on those off days. This qualifies as one of those off days. So what is, and he's on Instagram as well. I don't know if you know that. He's on Instagram, I'm sure is on uh, Snapchat, whatever. Uh, let's see. Um, he's doing some retweeting today. He retweeted Jaden Harrison. He um, posted a Steph Curry uh, animated GIF. He yesterday retweeted Doug Chapman. That's cool. Some other stuff. He, he's, in, he's in retweet mode right now. Not much original content. That I'm a little disappointed from him. Not too much original content. But it's it's an early week. Trust the process. Yeah, okay. Like I said, he's busy. He's doing he's doing process stuff. Like I said, he, he did post a an animated gif of the ultimate warrior. I'm I'm more of a Hogan guy. From that era, I'm more of a, a Hogan guy than the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter, Hulk Hogan, Junkyard Dog. Getting into some Bret Hart action there. Who else was big during Hogan's time there? Some of the big, you know, I was, I love Iron Sheik. I love Iron Sheik. I'm trying to think, who else was big during Hogan? I mean, because Hogan just like absorbed all the energy in the room. Of course, you know, there's Andre Andre the Giant. Hogan body slammed, and that was impressive. It was seriously impressive. I wonder where Coach stands on his attitude era. 
I mean, is he more of a rock guy? Is he more of a Stone Cold Steve Austin guy? Is he a DX guy? Is he Shawn Michaels? Is he Triple X? Is he a big fan of the New Age Outlaws? X-Pac? He was X-Pac. He was X-Pac in um in WWE. He was like what, when he was six or something in the uh, NWO. I I lost track. Eight seven seven four two zero talk. Eight seven seven four two zero eight two five five. Paul Swan, your host here on today's edition of the Drive, ESPN ninety four point one FM and and AM nine thirty. I'm gonna be upfront, honest with you. Uh, this morning, you know what my mood was? Just my whole day, my whole just feeling. October 29th, 1985, Dusty Roads. That was my mood. That's my feeling today. 1985, Dusty Roads. Hard times. Wrapping it up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Still a tie score between Marshall and Akron men's soccer. About 18 minutes plus left in the contest. Game streaming now on ESPN+. Plus. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Got basketball action going on as well. Mountaineer fans are taking in the Mountaineers matchup with Baylor with about a second to go until halftime. Baylor holding on to a 32 31 lead over the Mountaineers. And, of course, for follow-up to that, statewide sports lines coming up next right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get the soccer match over before the end of the program. We'll recap it tomorrow. We'll look ahead. Marshall softball coming up this week as well, taking on University of Akron. That is tomorrow. 12.30 and 2.30 p.m. And I think that means uh, once we get softball underway, we'll get Coach on. Coach Megan Smith-Lyon. We haven't had her on in a long time. I don't count that part where I was on vacation she was on. That does, That's not canon. It's not canonical. It happened. It was like a multiverse. When I'm not here, it's like a multiverse. When I'm here, it's, it's, it's canon. It's canonical. It happened. Paul Swan, your host for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Uh, does this feel like Monday to you guys? It feels like Monday to me. I'm going to be quite honest with you here. Not that I wouldn't be honest with you, but I'm going to be upfront with you here. Uh, straight talk here. Uh, it feels like Monday to me. I'm hoping tomorrow maybe, maybe I can skip. Maybe I can skip the Wednesday feeling. It's like Tuesday should feel better than Monday. But it's also heading towards Wednesday. Thursday feels better. Tuesdays and Thursdays feel better because Thursday's heading to Friday. I feel better about that. Wednesday's just that, yeah, it's Wednesday. And then Monday, it's Monday. So today, my Tuesday kind of feels like the worst parts of Monday and Wednesday. I hope you can relate. If not, it's just me right now. And I'm telling you, I am hoping that for tomorrow, we have a spectacular Wednesday coming up tomorrow on the program. Uh, we'll hear from Tony Kemper, get his thoughts as we get closer to his opponent this week, Middle Tennessee. 
And, of course, we will get closer to Marshall and Charlotte as well. Uh, I don't know who we got tomorrow. Maybe we'll get Tavion Kinsey. Maybe we'll get Jared West if he's going to be okay. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to be a part of tomorrow's uh, Zoom calls. Whatever the case may be, we'll find out together tomorrow. Lock it in right here coming up tomorrow, 5.06, weekdays on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. So I'm just hanging out right now watching the soccer game. If they could have played this like earlier in the day for me, that would have been – I know they're not scheduling these for my benefit, but if they could have played this earlier in the game, that would have been great. Right now, Marshall and Akron tied up one apiece with 15.22 to go. And that, of course, for those of you who are truly interested, streaming on ESPN+. Plus, Thundering Herd, hopefully, can pull this thing out or uh, at least not lose. I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take a non-win, but don't lose. Still, wish I would have played. See, like, look, softball at least has the decency. To play tomorrow at 12.30 and 2.30. I can kick. I can enjoy that while I'm here at the office. I can watch that. I can have that going on and then come in and tell you about it. Again, they're not scheduling these things for my benefit. It's a road game, though, so the road team's not really going to uh, worry about my benefit. Still, hey, look, softball's doing me a favor. 12.30, 2.30, coming up tomorrow. We'll have, hopefully, the results then from it. I can't wait to actually start talking softball with you again. I mean, we're finally coming into life here with some of these things. Soccer, we've got basketball wrapping up, but volleyball is getting uh, going right now. And I think don't worry about what happened against Western Kentucky. Marshall put a valiant effort together. I know Coach Agnes is probably trying to make it better as we speak, and I'm confident in that, but Western Kentucky is just good. I mean, seriously, they're good. They are not a slouch when it comes to volleyball. And I thought Marshall played well against them. So good news there. Uh, The loss wasn't as bad as you might think it was. You hate to lose, but uh, I'm not concerned. And just uh, talking to Tony Kemper yesterday and today as far as the women's basketball team is concerned, they might be right there. They showed it. They beat Rice. They they might be right there. Then they went on the road, got a split with North Texas. They might be right there. And then you got middle. If they can beat middle, split will be fine. I don't want to split. I want two wins. That would help their case. But they do well against middle, watch out for them. They're going to be tough. They're going to be a tough out in the tournament. That's, I think, where they want to be. Maybe you're not looking at them as the odds-on favorite to win. Maybe you're looking at them thinking, okay, this is going to be an easy, yeah, we can get past Marshall. No, if if they fall anywhere, if there's Tony was talking about this today. If you're there are six, they're gonna be they're gonna be they're gonna be a tough six. If there are seven, they're gonna be a tough seven, because he just thinks that his side is really good, and he's played very well, and his team has played very well on that side. So we'll hear those comments from Coach Kemper tomorrow, and of course uh, coming up on Friday we have got. Pre-game action for Marshall and Charlotte right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Uh, it, it went to half, and the Mountaineers and Baylor, some afternoon basketball. And right now, Baylor leading that one 35-31. to 
That should be a fun second half. And, of course, uh, there's a little over 12 minutes to go in the match between Marshall and Akron. That's streaming on ESPN+. And both teams, one goal apiece. So, hopefully this doesn't have to go to kicks. Whatever the case may be, we will talk about it tomorrow with you. I'm hoping that this thing uh, – I'm hoping Marshall can just get one in quick. Something happened real quick, get a quick goal. You know it's soccer. There's no quick goal in soccer. Yep, um, still watching here. That's the only bad thing about this. Uh, you know, I want to watch this. And if this would have happened maybe at – Noon or 1 o'clock, it would have been way better for me. I could have devoted a little bit more time to that. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the soccer matchup. And, of course, that's also on ESPN plus uh, Baylor, West Virginia. That's uh, on ESPN. So basketball action, a lot of big games coming up tonight. Illinois, Michigan, that's coming up at 7 o'clock. Uh, Wisconsin, Purdue in the top 25, that is coming up at 9 o'clock as well. So some big matchups there. And some action in the NBA coming up tonight. And, of course, NHL, Major League Baseball. We've got we got games. we got games. I'm looking forward to that. Once we get basketball season over, let's get to the baseball. That's going to do it for this edition. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Trust me. Uh, I am um, I'm thankful for you guys coming in and doing this with me every day. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Do it better than ever here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.